It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and hopefully get you to think and feel and maybe even act with the stories that we bring you with our guests, their journeys, their experiences, things that are maybe, I don't want to say they're a little bit out of the ordinary, but they're special. They're extraordinary, if you will. And I bring them on the show to really help us to learn some information about different areas that we may not have had the time to think about, but things that could help us. And then it's up to you to determine what you want to use out of that information. So that's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. We've got a great show today. We're in the kind of metaphysical area, as often we do go to. And we've got two guests. The first is a very popular uh, psychic. Her name is Marla Fries, and she is called The American Psychic. And she has a book, a very popular book, called American Psychic, A Spiritual Journey from the Heartland to Hollywood to Heaven and Beyond. She's been an actress as well as a psychic medium. She's done remote viewing. She's worked for the government. She's just been all over the place, and she's highly respected. And now the audio version of her best-selling book, American Psychic, is now available, so we're going to talk about that. We've also got two uh, other ladies on here, uh, on the show, rather, that have written a book called Beyond Ever After. And uh, Catherine A. Weisenberg is a psychic, and Jocelyn Montanero uh, went through an experience where her husband was dying of brain cancer, and she was in touch with Catherine, and they spoke with and communicated with, actually, uh, uh, Jocelyn's husband, Kevin, while he was going through the process of really uh, dying. He was comatose, and um, they managed to keep keep in touch with him, keep uh, keep the dialogue going, even though he was in that state, and it was very comforting to Jocelyn, and it also shows us as that there are ways of communicating with people who may not be um, you know, in, in perfect health, if you will, or seemingly not all the way there. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about on the show today. I'm excited about it because they're very interesting ladies and they've got a lot to share with us. So what's going on? Uh, well, here in Southern California, I've been here just about a year, and I think on my next show I'll get into some of the details about the differences between uh, New York and living in uh, San Diego, um, which are which are many, and but right now we're going through a lot of. Uh, I think all of us are going through a lot of pressure. We're getting we're, we've got the COVID still hanging around. We're heading into the fall. The weather's going to change in a lot of areas. The whole outdoor eating thing is not going to be working in about a month from now because it's going to get cooler and it's going to get darker early. We've got an, a, a contentious election coming up. Here out west, we've got these wildfires, and it's been, you know, at first I thought, oh, cloudy days, and uh, then I'm like, wake up, dude, and I realized that this is smoke out there, and this has been going on for about a week now. I, I'm a runner. I can't go out and run with the smoke that's even down here in San Diego, and most of the fires are further north, but uh, the streams, the plumes of smoke have gone all the way to the Midwest. I saw an overhead shot of the U.S., and it's just absolutely amazing in a bad way. So we're dealing with that, and I, I think you know you have to take that extra step to 
remember to be on your best behavior and uh, be reasonable and kind with people because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be snapping over the next month or so uh, in their behavior because there's just a lot of pressure on people, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's the media, there's people, uh, whether it's these wildfires, COVID, it's just, you know, we're into new territory. And as a country, uh, we need to get it together. And unfortunately, there's so much divisiveness with our politics and I, I hear people talking about revolution and fighting in the streets and all this stuff, uh, which I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope we have a free and fair election and there is a winner, clear winner determined, and then we move forward from there. But in the interim, it's important for us to be mindful, to keep our vibration, if you will, elevated and not fall victim to the name pointing and the yelling and the arguing and the fighting and just be kind to other people. So anyhow, that's my message. We've got a great show coming up. I'd like to get right into my interviews with Marla Fries, uh, Catherine A. Weisenberg, and Jocelyn Montanero on Guys Guys Radio. Thanks for being here. It's Guys Guy Radio. Guys Guys Radio, as I mentioned, I have a special guest today, American psychic Marla Freeze. She is a transformational psychic medium, different than many others. 25 years as a successful TV and stage actress, and she's been de devoting herself to her current work. She's been a psychic medium on many, many media outlets, a&E, Bravo, History Channel. She's been with George Norrie on Beyond Belief a number of times. I've seen her. She was fantastic, coast to coast. And she was a co-host and psychic medium expert for Dreamland and UnknownCountry.com. She's on all kinds of YouTube teleconferences. And she's got a book. It's called American Psychic, A Spiritual Journey from the Heartland to Hollywood, Heaven, and Beyond. And she just finished up the uh, audio, which is available now, and we'll get into that. But my very special guest... To Guys Got Radio, Marla Freeze. Welcome, Marla. Oh, Robert, thank you so much. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Well, thanks. Well, I've got a lot of lots to ask you. The inspiration for this book was it uh, about loss? I know you had a tough childhood, and you had, uh, uh, in my estimation, correct me if I'm wrong, your mother was very uh, abusive towards you. Yes. Well, actually, the inspiration to sit down and even write the book was more loss. I had just gone through a divorce. I guess I hadn't read, you know, Guy's Guide to Love uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough, <laughs> but it could, I did. It could lead to divorce. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in my case, yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get the the memo on that book, but right. um, yeah, I went through a divorce, and in that there was a lot of loss. I mean, I lost my home, I lost my equity, I lost all of the things that you know we marry for uh, love, including partnership. So in that loss, I. I lived someplace else. I, you know, I, I had to reevaluate everything, but I had been telling stories or I'd been writing stories about my life for a long time. And I had pulled together, um, an idea for a book, but I never thought it would be a memoir and it ended up being a memoir. And I luxuriated in really telling these incredible stories about how I moved through the trauma of my childhood into the drama of a former acting career, which I believed was very significant and, and healed part of my life, and then into the transformation. And the, the book is set up in two parts. The first part is called Blindsided, which is 
basically a medical term that means a blind person who has the ability to perceive a light source. And that's how we're all sort of like moving around in the darkness while we're growing up trying to figure things out. And then the second half of the book is called Insight. And that's when I began to heal the trauma and all of the psychic awareness started pouring in. When did you first become aware that you had uh, your attunement to psychic abilities was uh, beyond what most kids were your age? Well, I didn't dwell too much on it. There were a couple of instances where I was really shocked as a child hearing certain things and seeing certain things that really did lead to an awareness probably at the age of eight and then at the age of 14. But I did not even pursue this work until my mid-30s, Robert, when mm -hmm. I was sort of smacked with uh, an awareness of fear that basically blew my psychic antennas out of my head. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I've interviewed uh, a lot of folks with your similar gifts, and almost to a person, they have had a similar trajectory in that they had some inklings when they were young of psychic, quote-unquote, psychic experiences, and then they kind of lay dormant, and they, you know, carried yes. on their regular lives, and then something, some type of inciting incident bang, happens, whether it's a car accident or loss or some type of grievance or whatever, and then yeah. their abilities blossom. And it sounds like that's what happened to you. Well, it was. Actually, it was a stalking incident where I had to go into major self-protection, where Yikes. my life was in danger. And it was really interesting because I went to law enforcement, and in turn, they helped me and I basically ended up working with law enforcement mm -hmm. on homicide cases. Wow, amazing journey. So once once you realize that you did have these gifts, that they were um, more attuned than most folks, what, what? how did you feel about that? Did you feel like, oh, I have a responsibility to serve, or did you want to get away for it, or did you embrace it, or like, this is cool, or, or what? Well, thank you. Thank you. That was a great trajectory. But my first reaction was, oh, I'm effing nuts. So I, <laughs> so I have to I have to figure out a way to educate myself and get help. And it was literally the U.S. military psychic spies that helped me make sense of everything. Now, was this uh, Lynn Buchanan and his, yes. his team? I've had yes, it was. it was. Yes, it was Lynn. It was, uh, he was the one that trained me, but it was, you know, the, the faction of the U.S. government between the 60s and the 90s had been disbanded. Uh, Operation mm -hmm. um, Stargate was no longer operating. These men and women went into the public sector and taught us lay people what they were learning. And it was remarkable. And thank God for them, because it really made me understand the whole um, consciousness around what most people get frightened of when they hear the word psychic. Psychic functioning is all of the intuition. It's all of the empathy. It's all of the dream work. It's the precognition. It's the prophecy that they speak about in the Bible. It's all of the things that I believe are God-given gifts. Now mm -hmm. that I, of course, I've educated myself about it. Now you went, when you were working with Lynn Buchanan, he's one of the world's foremost uh, remote viewers and remote viewer teachers, if you will. Um, what was, how do you define remote viewing? 
How did you learn that? Because it seems like it's fairly mathematical in, in some ways. And well, how is it different? <laughs> how is it different than other types of psychic abilities? Well, Robert, if it was mathematical, I never would have stepped in to even try it. I mean, you know, I there's would, a linear I, process, though, right? <laughs> well, well, to some degree it is. But I mean, I went to Miami University of Ohio because they did not have math as a freshman required subject. So the, <laughs> the idea uh, the idea of what it is, is actually a protocol that a psychic by the name of Ingo Swan developed mm -hmm. at the Stanford Research Institute. So it there. There is some linear parts of it where you literally are writing things down, but your brain is already teaching you ideograms. You know, I it's it's very weird to describe it. I do talk about it in the book, the process, but it was basically taking your pen to paper in your hand doing a squiggle and basically identifying what that squiggle is. Now that is controlled remote viewing and it's very technical. And I know we don't have a lot of time here. Right. So I want to tell you that there was a lot of, um, natural remote viewing skills that I had that actually, Robert, came out of the trauma of my own childhood. Yeah. It was, it was, um, there's something in psychology called splitting or disassociation. So when things were being done to me that shouldn't have been done, my consciousness would leave my body mm -hmm. and it would be traveling around the neighborhood, looking in other people's windows. And when remote viewing started happening, I could go to a location and see things, whether it was a crime scene photo that was given to me or even the name of a victim or a perpetrator. There was something about my mind that would send me to those places and I could give details. Now, that is the natural remote viewing and the controlled remote viewing is just a more technical way, not math, but just more more structured way of being able to access that part of your psych of your subconscious than, you know, how I was flying around. Mm -hmm. So do you think your background and training as an actress helps you in your psychic work and being able to uh, kind of disassociate yourself with your person persona, if you will, and let yourself go so you can astral travel or remote view or actually see into, quote unquote, the future or through certain situations? Well, there are a couple of things about this that I think is really important for your listeners. I think that acting, working as an actress for so long acting really is about listening. It's about listening to the other character and then responding. And also the idea that we could take on a personality just by perhaps putting on a different pair of shoes or putting on a different dress. There's something that our body actually does innately with responding to the information that we're touching. So, it is in listening, and I think that we're we are really having to do that in our world right now. We have to listen, and a lot of people don't want to listen to whether they think it's a truth or not truth. We have to find our way, and our intuitive nature will do everything it can to protect ourselves. So our bodies will often shut down to things that, that we think are, are threatening, when in fact, being curious is one of the key elements to being psychic. You also have to drop your idea of thinking that you know. You know, I, I've just started this little course that I'm pulling together with Facebook friends where I'm basically teaching people to start to think in a different way because intuition is truly about making room for your heart. Your head has to make room for your heart. 
And when you are self-filled with ideas and, and, and also imprinting by other people's tapes, it's hard for you to drop all of that so that you can hear the divine, so that you can feel the divine. I hope that answers part of your question. Absolutely. Uh, Guys, Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. Our special guest is American psychic Marla Fries. Her book is now out in audio, so check it out. Uh, and you do a wonderful job as a trained actress and having a lovely voice. The The audio version is spectacular, so thank you for sharing that with us. Thank um, you. Uh, let's see. The first part of your book is Blindside. The second part is Astral. So tell us about some of your adventures in astral traveling. When do you use it? When don't you use it? Do you know how to shut yourself up and off and on? And how how does that all work? Okay, so let's just sort of get uh, um, some vernacular going here about astral. Astral travel gives you the idea that you are traveling. But the idea is I'm not leaving my body. My consciousness is leaving. I'm not leaving. Marla is actually grounded to her body, which is essential for me, having been uh, able to disassociate and bilocate for so long as a child. It is essential that I be in my body. So I, I am allowing my subconscious, I am allowing my thoughts to travel. You know that thought is just a second I mean, I can be in England right now. I could be in Germany. I could be, you know, on the south of France. I could be in the middle of Australia. It is by thought. And that is what we don't know how powerful we actually are. This is one of the reasons that I had to get enormous help with this, whether it was the controlled remote viewing people or whether it was going to the Monroe Institute and listening to binaural beats, which I really do recommend. And of course, I've also been working with Tom Campbell, the physicist, for the last 10 years, who basically, I mean, my God, he worked for NASA Defense Systems. And here he is a physicist who is an expert in in consciousness, and that is accessing altered states of consciousness without the use of drugs. Let's talk a little bit about the binaural beats because uh, I've been listening to the uh, solfeggio tones every day. I turn them on in the morning and I do my workout, my inside workout, a lot of stretching and stuff. And it really Great. seems to help me. And my understanding is, let me let me do a guy's guy kind of connect the dots and tell me where I'm wrong and where I'm right. It okay. seems like then when from what my reading and that we are connected with spirit um, and the way higher dimensional beings uh, communicate is not through words. They use words if they're channeling to communicate with people who communicate then to us. But it's more about a tone and one tone and uh, that that is, that is shared. And I guess there's different tones for different octaves, for different dimensions, for different levels of ascension. How does that or does that translate down to the use of binaural beats in our psychic uh, development and our spiritual unfoldment? Okay, well, I'm not going to say that you're wrong about anything. What I am going to say is that that is a way that you have learned to understand some of this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give you a broad uh, awareness of all of it. Okay. To me, it's consciousness. I don't think in levels like that because I have, um, you know, I've gone to places where there is a scaffolding of being taught certain levels, which is just fine. But what binaural beats actually do is it, whether it's, it's between the Delta and the theta state or the gamma state, it holds you both sides of your brain in that state for Mm -hmm. a little bit longer than normal meditation would do so that we can access 
other frequencies, other places, other times. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is an actual frequency, but what I like to say, it is it is the database. Some people refer to it as the Akashic Records, but anything that is in consciousness is in some form of a of a and if we want to, you know, compartmentalize it, we can call it a frequency, we can call it a level, but I don't necessarily need to do that. However, my body will register something differently. So I can tell when um, when I was actually in communication with, um, well, I guess you'd have to say um, ET or extraterrestrial levels, I used to feel things in my body that I've, I've I kind of learned to modify now so that I don't have to feel cold or I don't have to feel like I'm going out there that far in, in um, a linear term. I suppose you could think of it that way, but it's all consciousness. So right now, I mean, I can vacillate between here and there and out there and in there. It literally is about really training oneself to just be okay with where we are going. And those binaural beats um, have been, incredibly successful for me in doing uh, remote viewing, in accessing deceased loved ones, in accessing past life regressions. I mean, I've been working, as I said, with Tom Campbell, and Tom has Mm -hmm. programs that are immersives, these in-depth immersive experiences where you are working five days of the week in the process with his binaural beats. And remember, Tom is actually one of the people with binaural Bob Monroe, and Dennis Menernick, who developed the actual Hemisync program for the Monroe Institute. So you can go to MBT events, into the immersives, and take a look at that for anybody that's interested. But these are Cadillacs. I mean, these are Cadillac um, binaural beats, not with any music. They Mm -hmm. are just on their own. Powerful stuff. Do you need to be wearing uh, headphones so you have the right tones in the right ear, or does it matter? It could be just like ambient. Well, I think that it's really crucial that you have uh, uh, you you don't use the noise canceling. You want to make sure that you can hear everything. So uh, whether it's your um, your great headset at home or even your earbuds, but it is important for you to be able to do that. And Robert, I think that you'll be doing this because I think that this would be really remarkable for your development. Hmm. Well, I was going to ask you, so maybe we can just take a quick segue here. What do what do I since you're a psychic? What do I need to know? right now. Okay. Well, one of the things that is challenging is being in a new city like you are. You're Mm -hmm. getting some real benefits from being uh, where you are with the sun and also the negative ions being in that area. But it's also the community. You now miss the community that you had in New York. The, The community is so essential and we have to be part of a community. True. And it's hard um, in Southern California yes. for us to socialize. And the it's sun, it's mostly, the sun is shining most of the time and we feel like we need to get out there. Well, we do, but we can't really be together. So what you're doing right now by connecting us all is crucial. And I want to thank you for, do, for doing that. Oh, my pleasure. I look at it as now I look at it as a service, as something I need yes. to be doing. So yes, it um, is. And I'm so pleased that people like yourself uh, like to come on the show and share their knowledge. So um, what uh, what's your take on if I might ask you some questions about what's going on now um, from a psychic standpoint, your connection with spirit? What's going on with the covid? What's that all about? Because I've heard a lot of different versions of this. Well, OK, so 
I am not one that is a conspiracy theorist. Um, even though I have been involved in all factions of paranormal, I'm very pragmatic and I'm practical. And consciousness or spirit reveals things in this most unique, intelligent way. You know, I could hearken it back to the, the to the New and Old Testament, you know, plagues, etc., an ongoing rapture. You know, I could mm-hmm. I could speak to you in that way, but I really do think that it is a calling for us to rectify this sort of lower consciousness order to a different way of of resonating. Um, there is corruption in, in, in our society on many levels. This has been going on since even before, I don't know, the Greeks, the whatever, all of that, that kind of carnal, strange consciousness of, of debauchery has been happening for a long time. And it is up to us to even in Hollywood, the idea of any kind of movies, I was talking about, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, we don't want to be teaching our children that um, sexual satisfaction is through asphyxiation. We don't want to be teaching our young men that women like to be beaten. We don't want to keep putting that kind of um, narrative into the consciousness or we're going to continue to have more problems. So we have to be responsible about what we're, we are putting out there, how we are speaking, how, you know, it's, it's a dicey environment about what's true and what's not true. We have to ask ourselves, what is true for us and move from that perspective? Not as, not what is right, because what is right in some people's ideas might not be right in other people's ideas. So it truly is about others. And I think that that's what COVID is doing. I think that COVID is making us think in ways of protecting ourselves, but also we have to think about others. Mm-hmm. We have loss. And as we said before, loss is the game changer, whether it's loss of career, loss of work, loss of socialization, loss of happiness, loss of health and loss of life. Do you think there's a silver lining with this uh, COVID? Obviously, many people, most with underlying conditions who have passed over, um, you know, obviously it's tragic and there's, there's no there's no good news about that. And some people were healthy and they got this and they passed. Right, of course. But is yeah. there, you know, it seems like chaos creates opportunity. And in some ways, maybe this is a wake up call and there'll be some there's got to be benefits. What's your sense that well, the chaos of this? Well, thank you. Chaos creates the desire for people to not have chaos. Mm-hmm. Hate creates the awareness of, oh, my God, we're in freaking trouble. We've got to do something about this. Um, division creates this, um, this awareness of, wow, we have been so power hungry and we are putting people of different race and different creeds and different sexualities under our thumbs. For what reason? What are we afraid of? We've got to look at what we're afraid of and why. You know, one of the things I teach right away about awareness is think about how you think from the time you get up, pay attention to how you're thinking, and then start to write down how many times a day do you lie? One of those things that makes people, you like that? One of those things that make, it makes people responsible for paying attention to how you think. 
So there is a silver lining, no doubt. There always is. But, you know, with plagues um, come, you know, realization, climate change. We've got two, you know, hurricanes going on in the East Coast. You know, we've got locusts in some place. We've got tornadoes in places that have never been. We have to look that at all of this, not like any of it is a hoax, because it. it is it is real. Mm-hmm. All of it's real. Two uh, two last questions. So one is um, extraterrestrial, interdimensional beings. If somebody, a day-to-day person, feels that they would be comfortable um, connecting more directly with interdimensional beings, what should they do and should they do it or not? Well, you're also talking about, let's just break it down to non-physical matter reality, mm-hmm. which are also deceased loved ones. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you need awareness between you and your grandfather, that's going to happen. That's going to come somehow. I've been building bridges in this way for, you know, since the mid-90s. This is the way that I work. I help people connect to love. And if it is essential for you to start thinking about past lives, that too is in that database. Also, any sort of non-physical matter realities are there. What is going to be for your highest good. That's what I put out there. So for anyone listening, you basically start with, give me some information for my highest good, or else you might get into trouble. And we just don't want that. Or we'll be having a whole nother conversation, Robert. Fantastic advice. Last question, if you care to answer it or not, uh, any uh, thoughts on the election? Um, Well, I think that we're in a perilous time. I'm very much interested in finding out what truth is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of things to look at. I think it's, it's imperative as humans to be kind and loving to others. And that, um, that takes a different purview as far as I'm concerned. And I speak about, I don't speak about politics in my book, but I do speak about incredible stories of my family dynamic that helps me understand what I can now look at today and I'm not necessarily neutral. I'm very much about making sure that there is unity somehow, somewhere mm-hmm. in our country. Okay. Uh, Marla Fries, The American Psychic, amazing book called American, American Psychic, A mm. Spiritual Journey from the Heartland to Hollywood, Heaven and Beyond. You're an amazing person. You're doing amazing work. Please continue. Tell us where we can uh, find your book, your Audible, everything. Well, um, AmericanPsychicBook.com has all information about the book itself, and also it's up on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster. It's on Audible right now, thank goodness, and also Kindle and paperback. So thank you so much, Robert. Fantastic. Thank you. Marla Fries on Guys Guys Radio. Thanks, Marla. Thank you. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Robert Manny here, Guy's Guy's Radio, as I mentioned, have some very special guests on sh- the show today. This is a, this is a different one. I've got uh, two folks. Um, let me tell you a little bit about their story. Basically, uh, Jocelyn Montanero, um, she's a lady who uh, is from New York, lives in California. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a moment. But basically what happened was her husband um, went into a coma, and uh, she managed to continue. Eventually, he passed, but she managed to continue, 
continually communicate with him through our other guest, Catherine Weisenberg, who is a kind of a, a god scribe, I would call her, if you will, that she channels information from spirit and writes it down. So they have an amazing story about how they got together and how they worked with Jocelyn's late husband, uh, Kevin. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about the two of them, and then we'll bring them right on. So for several decades, Catherine Weisenberg has been sharing her unique ability to communicate and dialogue with spirit, the deceased, and coma patients. To retain a lasting record of these communications, Catherine writes down the conversations longhand as they occur, calling them writings. And I can attest to Catherine's abilities because we recently did a quick mini um, reading of me, and it was uh, it was very interesting. It was filled with metaphor and very help, help, uh, helpful. Now, using God writings from retreat settings, Catherine has created the concept of lovality as a love-based approach to living and experiencing reality. And she offers lovality workshops, books and cards, and more about the transformative energy of the writings. We can contact her at lovality.net. Let me tell you about Jocelyn. Educated in the East Coast and in Europe, she's now in California, bachelor degree, international studies, an attorney, and with some surprise and apprehension as a selected messenger, she welcomes readers into this story of her life just before and after her husband, Kevin's death. The name of the book is Beyond Ever After, a heart-to-heart -heart journey through death and the afterlife. And it's a kind of a three, four-way conversation uh, that continues from uh, Kevin uh, getting a brain tumor to his passing and beyond that. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Catherine Weisenberg and Jocelyn Montanero. Well, thanks for having us. Hi, so, thanks for having us. So I hope I didn't tell too much with the setup, but why don't I turn this over to you two ladies and just tell us how you guys got connected to each other and embarked on this journey that led to this book. Sure, this is Catherine. So um, I have this unique ability you spoke about. But uh, Jocelyn's husband was diagnosed with brain cancer and had a surgery to have it removed. It had a re he had a reoccurrence three and a half years later. And Jocelyn, um, following that surgery, uh, he went into a coma and um, was not waking up. And so um, her sister knew of my work and knew me and recommended that we have a session. Um, and we did that over the phone and, um, Jocelyn believed nothing at all, was not spiritual, was mad, thought God was killing her husband, Kevin. And during that first phone session, and she was at UCLA and I was in Washington state on vacation with my family, her husband thought he was dreaming. And when he realized he wasn't, uh, he conducted an experiment and roused himself out of a 26-day coma. I don't know if Jocelyn wants to add something to that, but... Jocelyn? Well, that's that's basically the beginning of uh, how we meant and how all this um, got started. Okay, so um, so Kevin had his uh, experience with the uh, brain cancer and the brain tumor, and he basically, I guess, went into a coma. How did you first uh, get through to Kevin to be able to communicate to him? And how were you sure that it was actually him? Um, well, um, when Catherine um, does a writing, um, as you know, you said you've had one, um, you just, you know, you, we were over the phone. So I just heard her writing furiously fast. 
And then she stops and she reads what she write, wrote. And the writings always start with a God introduction, which kind of um, lays out, uh, it's kind of a preview about what's coming. Um, and then she said, I hear a man's voice. And I said, you know, who is it? And he said, then she says, relaying what she's, um, the information she's receiving. So when I say he says, or it's all through Catherine. Um, um, and he says, um, it's me, it's Kevin. And, um, and he, like she said, he thought he'd been dreaming and been in this coma and didn't know, um, he was in a coma. And so, um, and he asked a few general things about the kids. And then, um, I thought, well, you know, how do I know it's really him? Catherine could know my kids' names. My sister could have told her they were friends. And so I asked him a test question, which was, you know, what's the last thing you remember? And he told me something so specific. I knew I was talking to him, which was, um, that, um, when the, um, um, when he was getting wheeled into surgery, he reached up and took the surgeon's hand and thanked her for doing it. And after the surgery, when the surgeon came out to tell us how everything went, the first thing she said was how, how nice my husband was, because when they were wheeling him in, he reached up and grabbed her hand and said, thank you for doing this, Linda. And so when he said that, um, I knew it was um, uh, Kevin that I was speaking to. During that process of your husband being in a coma and you're contacting him, did you notice a... Uh a shift in her, his attitude and perspective as he started to see the reality of his situation and where he was inevitably headed? Well, he always had the same attitude and perspective, um, which was that, um, you know, he was a very spiritual, religious man, had a tremendous amount of faith. It was really the kind of cornerstone of who he was. And um, he wasn't concerned at all about, you know, where he was going and what was going to happen to him and his whole experience. He was just concerned about us. So he didn't have a shift in his perspective about what was happening. I was the one that um, ultimately had the shift. Mm -hmm. Now, for Catherine, how was this particular you've You've done this many times. Uh, how was this particular situation uh, different from other situations that you've experienced? Well, I think what was unique to this one is while I have facilitated con uh, connection um, for people with people in comas, no one actually woke themselves up. So for Kevin in this situation, he was able, once he learned that he was not dreaming, he was able to rouse himself to consciousness. So he came up with that idea let's do an experiment, tap my finger, and it's all discussed in the book. But basically, I thought, because we were all on the phone, that she was going to tap his finger. She wasn't even with him. Um, and what he did, her sister, who was sitting with um, him while she was on a landline from the hotel, said he reached out from his comatose state. And when she turned around, he had his hand out and he began tapping her finger, which was he was testing out this reality that um, he could send a message from his brain to his body to tap his own finger. And therein he knew that he was not dreaming and he was able to rouse himself. Okay, uh, Jocelyn, so as you were going through the process, you're dealing with Kevin and you're seeing Mike, maybe things may not turn out the way because you were, you were fighting it and uh, less m more so than he was. When you kind of let go and realize this is the situation, what was it that you 
What was your greatest takeaway from learning um, in this spiritually from this situation? And I know it's a very tough one because you were fighting it. You were angry with spirit and Kevin was not. And then ultimately, it's, to me, what I got out of the book, part of it was that he was actually helping you with your spiritual growth by his elan and how he handled this entire situation. Tell us a little bit about how your feelings shifted and what your husband taught you. Wow. Well, that's a really, a, I could speak the whole time on the answer to that question. I, you know, um, I, uh, I definitely am the kind of person that has to have an experience to believe something. And what I learned from all of this and what he taught me, and since you read the book, you know, he teaches a lot of things, um, in there, not just specifically to me. Um, but is that, um, that, um, death isn't a failure. And, and so I, the, the fear I normally have associated with most things in life and the anxieties I have, those are, those are gone for the most part. And also that the love that he had for me is still there and that the connection we had, the love that we had for each other, it's still there even though he's gone. Because I know since I've had so many writings that he's still there and he's around when things are happening and when my you know new granddaughter's around, he's around. And um, so that, of course, is a huge evolution. And, and also in the larger picture, you know, is that there is um, a higher power and a source and all that stuff, whatever, and I don't want to say it's all real because I know everyone's ideas of what it is are um, different, but from what I understand from Kevin, it's all real for what he thought it would be. And Catherine can speak to how other people have, um, you know, different experiences, but um, definitely that there is a new life after this life. And I, I, of course, always hoped that there would be something like that, but wasn't certain about it. And now now I am, which really is very freeing. All right. Uh, this is kind of for both of you. Uh, maybe Catherine first. How do uh, my, my dad died two, two years ago, and uh, he sometimes comes to me through my wife. She'll say, your dad, for instance, about three months ago, he said, go to New York to visit your mother in February. Don't go in March. Go in February. You got to go. So I did. And then the pandemic hit and the New York got really whacked. Um, how, in your experience, Catherine, um, what's the way that people who have crossed over usually communicate? And Jocelyn, from your experience with Kevin, how does he now continue to play a part in your life and communicate with you? So I really have come to think about that we can connect with our loved ones through what I call the portals of our hearts, that we're always connected. And they are sending us signs. I call them divine synchronicities. But also um, they are giving us these nudges. And most of the time, most of us say, oh, I'm just imagining things. That can't be real. You know, you, you said your father through your wife, um, communicated that. And, um, uh, but we feel we smell grandma's perfume. We get these senses. And what I think our opportunity is, is not to slap those down and go, oh, that's not real. I'm not, I'm just imagining things. And to really know that when we feel they're communicating with us and when we're communicating with them, when we talk to our deceased loved ones, 
they are hearing us and they are sensing it. And sometimes after a death, it takes a while because we're so bubble wrapped in our grief. But I think it's not like trying to grasp and think you're going to see him as a ghost or an apparition or something like that. But to hold that soft gaze, to hold the possibility that they're still with you and that your love is greater than this lifespan. And um, and that is a conduit that's always active and alive for both your loved one that's gone on and you. Jocelyn? Well, I, I, I get a lot of practical uh, signs from mm -hmm. him, um, often involving a squirrel. You read the book. Yep. Um, in fact, I just bought one of those squirrel picnic tables that kind of went viral um, um, to feed them in my backyard. And um, uh, but uh, I get um, messages from him just so I letting me know that he's there and they're they're so different. Like, for example, I'll be in the car and I'll turn the radio on and Brown Eyed Girl from Van Morrison will come on. And that's the song that he always loved and attributed to me, Brown Eyed Girl from Van Morrison. And so and and, you know, what are the odds that, you know, every time I turn on the radio, which isn't that often, more times than not, you know, Brown Eyed Girl comes on. So just these little things that let me know that he's just, you know, hanging out. So, has he ever, has he ever, um, I'm sorry, has he ever given you kind of a heads up on something like similar to the situation that I got from my dad? Um, have, have you ever gotten something specific, like a more of a, uh, instead of just sending the love, but like beware of this, or this is an opportunity or make sure you do this or anything more specific than that, than the symbolisms? Well, in the writings, of course, when I'm having a direct conversation with him, of course, we talk about lots of specifics. But one event that I did have that was like a guardian angel kind of a thing um, was um, I was in Las Vegas with my son a few Christmases ago, and we were um, going in this mall across from the hotel we were staying at, the Bellagio, and we were going to just go out and cross the street. And right before we were leaving the mall, um, the this guy comes up and stops me and kind of grabs my arm and tries to sell me this head massager thing. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. And he kept he was really overly aggressive about it. And so finally my, you know, 16 year old kid comes and said, Hey, look over my mom's arm, you know, and we go outside and right when we go outside, we see all these people start falling on the ground because it was that Christmas when that, um, woman who had mental health issues plowed through the sidewalk on Las Vegas and killed all these people. And right when we walked out the door, she had just plowed through the right in the crosswalk where we would have been standing, mm -hmm. if, you know, and so the next writing I had, the first thing he said was that he um, he gets these like warnings, these alarms if something's going to happen. And so he, you know, was able to kind of intercede and stop us from being in that sidewalk, you know, right when that was going to happen. Okay, I would have been there mm -hmm. if that had been for that. Jocelyn, um, last question for you. How, how has this experience changed the trajectory of your life? Okay, you, you had the connection with Kevin. You became more spiritual, more of a believer. Going forward, you still have some contact with him. How has this changed your life overall? What do, you, do you feel different? Do you look at the world? Do you look at humanity differently? Yes, um, absolutely. It's, the way it's changed me is um, I, don't, uh, I don't have the anxiety I did before. I don't sweat the small stuff and I don't have the need 
the, I don't feel the need to be as controlling as I was before. Although I've been told I'm still pretty controlling, but it's certainly not as bad as it used to be. Um, and I, and I think a lot of that is because I don't have a fear of dying. You know, I, I've had conversations with Kevin after he's been dead and I'm, and I'm talking to him. So I, I know that there is something else. And, and when you know that it, it, um, you know, it just, it just changes your whole, um, vision of everything about how you act now, how you, you know, see yourself acting in the future. I, I mean, and I'm, and it makes me think that every moment is, is in a way more important and also in a way less important. So, Great. um, and you get to be together. And I get to be together. That's the main thing, that we get to be together again, of course. Well, the, the amazing story, ladies, and I'm sorry we're running out of time, but Beyond Ever After is the book, A Heart-to-Heart Journey Through Death in the Afterlife. Catherine Weisenberg, Jocelyn Mantanero. Um, Catherine, uh, as I mentioned to our listeners, did a quick reading of me, and she was she's for real. She was scribbling away, and she read this. <laughs> What she had to say, and I was like, I was a taper, this animal, and there was all kinds of symbolism. We worked our way through, but she's very cool, so I I recommend her. But tell everybody where they can learn more about you, Catherine. Um, Well, uh, you should go to our website, which is beyondeveract.com, and our book's there. And we have found since writing this book that people are all having experiences that they don't talk about with other people. So we have a share your story um, option and you can get the book. So the best way to find me and our book is at beyondeverafter.com. And of course it's available in Amazon. Okay. Well, listen, thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Jocelyn. Amazing story. Um, and you're bringing uh, positivity and spirit out there to everybody. And uh, I appreciate you being on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Robert Manny's The Guys Guys Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, we had two uh, tales of uh, psychic and working with uh, frequencies of those here and beyond on Guys Guys Radio today, a little bit of a different show, and I hope you've enjoyed it. our interviews with Marla Fries, the American Psychic, and her book, which is now audio, A Spiritual Journey from the Heartland to Hollywood, Heaven, and Beyond, really terrific stuff. And also the two other ladies that we talked to today, Catherine A. Weisenberg and Jocelyn Montanero, uh, and the book Beyond Ever After about helping uh, Catherine's psychic gift, helping Jocelyn to communicate with her husband uh, during his transition time of uh, leaving this world uh, because of brain cancer and how she managed to keep in touch with him even when he was in kind of a coma state. And just amazing stories that uh, tell us and remind us about the fact that there are frequencies out there that we don't always tap into on a day-to-day basis, but they're there for us if we can open up to them and, and believe a little bit. So 
Whether you are into it or not, that's your call. But I bring you the stories, uh, journeys of people, and what's happened to them, and then you can determine, is this something for me or not? So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. The uh, rebroadcast is every Sunday at 6 PM Pacific time. And we're also uh, dropping the podcast and our YouTube show version of the show every Thursday, first thing on Thursday. So you can catch us on podcasts everywhere that you consume them, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeart, we're basically everywhere, and now we have a new YouTube channel. Um, look up Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I, and then it's called Guys Guys TV, and we call it the best of Robert Manny on there. Is, uh, and the best of Guys Guys Radio is a selection of most of our shows from our time at KCAA. And slowly but surely, we're going to be moving to, uh, to all video uh, for the YouTube. But for right now, we've got the shows there. We've got some promos in video and uh, then we've got the show in the audio stage. Um, I know so many people love YouTube and love to consume there, so we're going to make sure we get the video up and running shortly on that. Um, you can also check out my work at my website, robertmanni.com. You can download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, about two dudes in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money, in the market where they play for keeps, strong men, excuse me, strong women, flawed men make up the book. And it's a rom-com, it's a romp, and it's been called by uh, iconic writer Dan Wakefield. It's been called the male successor to Sex in the City, so I hope you can check that out. And I hope you listen to us on uh, here on KCAA or the podcast or wherever you consume your media because we're here for you. We're here to bring you information to help you think, feel, and maybe even act and look beyond that fence in your backyard as to what is new out there, Guys Guys Radio. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you to my guests. We'll see you next week. And as I always like to say, Guys Guys, finish first. Finish first.